let's talk about some solutions here, especially when it comes to healthcare in our province. We've been telling you throughout the day about some of the strains on the system. You know the drill as far as the ER wait times, no beds available in the hospital. Dr. Sean Thomas is with us. He is the Regional Medical Specialty Lead, Primary Care, Home Care and Community Integration at the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. Dr. Thomas, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Richard. Hey, Julie. Good to be here. Let's talk about those solutions and let's begin with that elderly patient who is in hospital and needing to go home. You're in that area where you can talk about those home supports as opposed to uh, being paneled and going to the to the PCH. So let's focus on those patients that need to be discharged with the aim to go home, because I would contend for to you historically, they're probably spending too much time in the hospital to begin with. You're absolutely right, Richard. So looking at that across the board, when an older adult is in one of our facilities and a decision is made by the physician that they're medically stable, this is where the whole care team needs to come together to come up with a discharge plan. Now, the whole team is involved throughout, but this is where allied health really supports the physicians and providers in care planning. So when I use that term medically stable, that's a specific term. And what that means is the condition of the patient has remained unchanged for a period of time. It doesn't mean that they don't have medical problems. It means that the condition is not deteriorating. They don't have any new symptoms presenting and they no longer require hospital care. But as you point out, this is where there can be a lag because now we have to look at can they safely go home and this is where the government of manitoba has announced that they've taken steps to add capacity to get these people home by expanding support to in this case our allied health professionals working um, and being able to be part of the discharge planning not just five days a week but a full seven days a week which means hospitals now have the support they need on evenings and weekends to be able to continue discharge planning and they don't have to wait till Monday when somebody is back on rotations. Why is it so important to move these individuals out of these beds in a timely fashion? So instead of, you know, perhaps somebody presenting with an acute problem gets admitted on a Thursday to a ward, but say perhaps by Saturday, as you say, they're medically stable and could go home, but ultimately wouldn't necessarily leave until at least Monday. That's a great question, Julie. What we find is is that the presenting problem of the patient, you know, we hope that we can address that concern within a number of days. But when we do that, we find that there's other presenting issues or other complicating medical issues that make it a little more challenging for them to go home. But what we also know is when these patients remain in hospital, they get sicker. There are other comorbid infections that they get. Um, earlier on the call, you, Dr. Rusin, you referenced him talking about the uptick in respiratory vice, uh, viruses, specifically influenza. Well, these are, these are viruses that also happen at our hospitals. This is when we have sick people congregated together. We are not wanting them to stay in hospital longer than they need to because we find that they can potentially get sicker. And in many cases, those individuals are, are what's pushing back other people from being admitted, correct? That, that would be one of the reasons, right? Because in a situation where the beds are occupied, there are people waiting to access those beds. But if there are no beds available, then 
then you can see where the system starts to back back up. And that's where that's one of the challenges we have. Absolutely. Having those allied health professionals now available seven days a week. And some may say, listen, um, Dr. Thomas, I've heard horror stories of people getting put in cabs and being sent home at two o'clock in the morning. That's not going to occur here, is it? That would never be our intention. The fact of the matter is, is that we're looking to safely discharge people back home. And then this is the other part of it. Julie, when we're looking at rapid response nursing and we have, we're looking to increase that service through our community health program. So this would be a service by which when a patient is discharged home, if we feel that they may be more vulnerable, we are looking to expand our capacity to be able to have that type of rapid response nursing, be able to go to those people's homes and check in on them, to be able to check their vitals, make sure they're taking their medications, to see if they're decompensating at home or getting sicker such that they would actually have to come back. So that's one of the ways in which the region is looking to beef up those services to be able to support those discharges in a safe way. With Dr. Sean Thomas, Richard and Julie with you on 680 CJOB. All right, theory reality. Where are we as far as being able to make that theory and what you want to do a reality, given the fact that there's still a lot of strain on home care and you don't have a lot of these people in place yet? So... On that note, let's look at home care, for example. So for the fact is 12 months ago in January of 23, we were looking at the number of visits that were canceled by home care and the number of visits that home care was doing. I bring this up because home care is such a vital part of keeping people safe at home. Did you know that 12 months ago within the WRHA home care program, the number of scheduled appointments in the community was over 384,000 visits per month? And 12 months later, at the end of 2023, that number has increased to 415,000 visits a month by home care. We've also managed to reduce the number of canceled appointments from the start of 23 from 5% down to 2%. So that progress is happening. We've actually managed to hire 205 people we've recruited since February of 23 into the home care program. 178 of them are working right now, and the other 27 are in current training sessions. And we're having another job hiring fair on January 22nd to bring in more people to help support the great work that's happening with community health and home care as we speak. Those are the types of metric that help sell what you're what you're trying to sell here, doctor, simply because you're coming to the table with some answers to questions that we've been asking for a whole lot more. Where do you need to go on home care? You've made some progress in that year. Where does it need to go? Well, we need to understand a very, I think the most important concept to understand here is that we need to acknowledge that there is far too much responsibility placed on any one individual, family, or caregiver to be an expert when it comes to meeting their specific needs. We are in an incredibly complicated healthcare system. So one of the things that's also happened from the region is a public education initiative where the WRHA has worked with community agencies and they've delivered already two public information sessions that focus on bringing awareness to the support that older people are going to need as they age. We've done two of these. The uptake was excellent. We've had over 300 people register in person and online. And the vast majority of people afterwards felt that they had much better answers to questions related to their loved one's well-being. And so we've put in the idea of system navigators to be able to help the healthcare system, to be able to navigate people where to go, how to find help with home care, and where there's other organizations that can also partner up in keeping our loved ones at home. 
And I don't expect that you would have specific numbers. But as you say, the healthcare system is complex. We are trying to free up beds for people that are waiting in emergency rooms. We're trying to free up beds for people who are now going to wait longer for orthopedic surgery. But when when we're talking about this uh, subset of patients that that fall under your purview, um, how many beds approximately are they taking up in the system that potentially could be freed up to hopefully provide your piece of, of towards the puzzle of making things a little bit easier for the others? That's a great question, Julie. I don't have that number right offhand. What I do know is, is that by putting these supports in place, particularly in facilitating safe discharges for people, this is going to be a major way by which we get patients assessed quickly through our emergency departments and urgent care departments, get them the care they need, and get them out of hospital in a safe manner. While I don't have those numbers, we are already seeing progress. I serve as interim chief medical officer at Concordia Hospital, and with these changes we've made with our allied healthcare staff alone, we are seeing much better movement through our urgent care and better flow through the system. So it's a small piece, but it's happening as we speak, and I'm encouraged to see what I'm seeing. I know we're going to work on the other piece, the individuals who are waiting, as Richard early, earlier mentioned, to be paneled, ultimately uh, to go to personal care homes. We'll no doubt speak to a colleague of yours about that in the future. We appreciate you popping on and explaining uh, exactly what's going on from your side of things. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Julie. Dr. Sean Thomas, Regional Medical Specialty Lead, Primary Care, Home Care and Community Integration with the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, joining us live to 447.